We now turn to our weekly uh, episode, Harav Binyamin Tavori, and this week's Gadol is the Sha'agat Aryeh, the Sha'agat Aryeh, whose yard site, I think, perhaps, a bit of a controversy in the sources here, but apparently there's a good chance that his yard site falls this week. If not, it falls within a couple of weeks. Harav, Binyamin Tavori. This week we will discuss the famous Gadol named more, who is known by his nickname of the Shagas Aryeh much more than his real name, Aryeh Leib Ginsburg. The, in the Luchot, the calendars that list off days of Yardzeit, have an interesting discrepancy about the exact date of his yard site. Some say it's the end of Tammuz, and some say it's earlier, in ta- in, but also at the second half of Tammuz. Whether this date or that date is, a pro- is, is really correct, obviously the day of the Petira is in the end of, somewhere in the end of Tammuz, and therefore we will talk about the Shagasai today. He was born in Minsk, in 1695, and most of his life was spent in abject poverty. For a while he was a Ravan Valajan, but he left the town, apparently they could not pay his salary, and he spent most of his life wandering, not having an official position, and was extremely indigent. Stories are told about him how he resented seeing other people who lived an opulent life, and perhaps he felt that the style of life in which he lived was the correct approach for a true Bentora. When he was 70 years old, he was known as the Shagas Aryeh. He was known as the famous Gadol that, even in his own generation, was recognized to be one of the Yechidei Hador, to be one of the greatest of his generation. The Shagasai himself very rarely quoted contemporary scholars with approbation. The only exception that he made was the Vilna Gaon. And the Vilna Gaon apparently had a, a, a similar reciprocal appreciation of the Shagas Ayeh. In the book referred as Alios Eliyahu, which is a compilation in the name of the Vilna Gaon, it said that the Vilna Gaon said about the Shagas Ayeh that he could summarize and show the source of everything in the Gemara in one hour. People who knew him, who read to him when he was older and his eyesight was failing, they said they used to begin to read with him Shas, Rashi, without Rashi, without Tosfus, just to remind him of what it said. And as soon as they started reading the Gemara, he would say the whole thing by heart. And the same thing would go on when he quoted the Rif, when they quoted the Rambam, they quoted the Rush, they quoted the Tur, they quoted the Shulchan Aruch. It seems that everything even including Rishonim, Shiltos, 
Halachas Gedolos were known to the Shagas Aye by heart. When he was 70 years old, he was appointed finally to a rabbinic position in Metz where he received the recognition and perhaps the salary that he so deserved. Legend says that when he became the rabbi of Metz, he told the people that I see on your face simcha, joy, that you hired me as the rav. On the other hand, I see also a feeling of sadness. And your feeling of sadness probably is because you feel that you hired a rav who's 70 years old. How long can he sit on the Kisei Rabbanut? How long will he be able to function as the rabbi of our community? I tell you now, said the Shagas that for 20 years you have nothing to worry. I will be the Rav for those 20 years. And according to legend, he lasted 20 years as the Rav of Metz. And as I said, he fell, he, he, he was Nifter somewhere in the end of Tammuz. Another legend has a very interesting story how he was Nifter. According to the legend, a bookcase fell on the Shagasaye. And he said, murmuring while he was took sick, took ill, after this accident, he said that all the Svarim fell on him. They represented all the people they had argued with all his life. All the Svarim, including Rambam, Rajbra, Shulchan Aruch and Tur, were arguing and were somehow the opponents of the Shagas Ayeh because his approach to learning was very independent and argued and rejected many other opinions. And these Svarim, according to the legend, argued with the Shagas Ayeh and almost demanded his life. The Shagas Ayeh said he settled with almost every one of them, except for one. The Levush, apparently, according to this legend, refused to reconcile himself to the opinions of the Shagas Aryeh, and therefore the Shagas Aryeh felt he was doomed to be Niftar as a result of this accident. Many legends are told about the life of the Shagas Aryeh, including stories that he did not even own a Shas. He had to go out to borrow volumes. There were very few people in those generations who really could afford an entire Shas. And very often he needed a Gemara. He used to have to go to a certain place and borrow a Gemara. Again, according to legend, there was a certain person named Rabbi Yitzchak who lived in Valazhin who was rather a wealthy individual. And he at great expense and great off effort, acquired a shas. He had an entire shas, which at that time was considered a major luxury. The arrangement was that the Shagas Ayi would go to the house of this Reb Yitzchak and borrow any Gemara that he needed or use any Gemara that he needed. Reb Yitzchak himself passed away and his wife continued the tradition of her husband lending out the Sefer to the Shagasaye. But the Shagasaye, 
used to come very often, and it was a great effort, a great tircha for him to go back and forth to bring a Gemara each time. So the, um, the Amana, the widow of this Rebbe Yitzchak, said to the Shagas Ayi that he could borrow the entire Shas. He could take it to his own house, and therefore he would use it and be able to study without having to go back and forth to her house. The Shagas Ayi allegedly thanked her very much and gave her a bracha that in the schus of her lending svarim, of her concern for Limut Torah, she should be blessed with many, many good things. This apparently was the mother of the famous Reb Chaim Valajner, and perhaps not as famous, but the younger brother Reb Zalman Valajner, known in the world as Reb Zalmula. Reb Chaim Valajner, of course, is well known and well for the founding the yeshiva of Valajin, for the Svarim Nefesh Achayim, Ruach Chaim, other Svarim that he wrote, Reb Zalman was known as an outstanding genius. Unfortunately, he died at a very young age. So we have stories about him, we have legends about him, we know who we, a little bit about him, but he did not live long enough to be as world famous as his brother Reb Chaim, or according to some, he would have reached the level even of the Vilna Gaon. The Shagasaye in his Sefer has Shailotu Tshuvot, which aren't the normal type of responsa to ask Kalachik Shailas. Rather, it deals with very, very famous topics, many of them in the world of Arachayim, in the world of Kriyashma, Shabbos, Tzitzis, Tvilin. When when I became by mitzvah, my father told me that in his community in Europe, the custom was that a young fellow learned the Shagas Aryeh, and at his bar mitzvah would say over a Shagas Aryeh, adding whatever he could add, explaining whatever he could explain, and that was his responsibility. So my father told me to do this, and I said, I my father chose with me the same Shagas Aryeh that my father had discussed when he was bar mitzvah, the Shagasai that relates to the issue whether uh, or not Shabbos and Yantif is an appropriate time to put on tefillin. We, of course, we possibly don't put on tefillin Shabbos and Yantif. The Shagasai discusses is it really just not appropriate or is it even usher? Is it really an Easter to put on tefillin Shabbos and Yantif? And the same would be true at nighttime if it's really an Easter or if it's just uh, not required, not done at night. The uh, Shagasaye is famous for many, many famous discussions that have been amplified and explained throughout the generation since the time of the Shagasaye till this very day. Because of his poverty and because of the state of Jewish literature, books available at that time, it's interesting to see that many times the Shagasaye quotes ideas, develops ideas that are found in sources that he used. And then sometimes he argues with Rishonim, and sometimes he amplifies what they said. What's interesting to note is that today, when we have so many new editions, so many better editions, and so many new manuscripts were, which are published, it's interesting to see how many times the Shagas Aryeh anticipated or understood an opinion of Rishonim or an opinion of 
explanation of the Gemara, which at that time was considered revolutionary. And today we find its source in Rishonim. In the introduction to the Shagas Aryeh, which has been printed many, many different times, but in some of the editions, I have an edition at home that's printed by a, an organization called Shar Mishpat. In that, in their introduction, they mention a number, a number of places where the Shagas Aryeh said something, and people might have discussed the Shagas Aryeh, some agreed, some disagreed, and only today do we realize that the Shagas Aryeh certainly anticipated the correct interpretation as we now have a source which corroborates his interpretation. One of the famous examples was a Shagas Aryeh about eating Marar on Pesach. The Shagas Aryeh interpreted the rush as saying that really you don't have to eat a Kazayas of Marar. The Torah says you have to eat Matzah, Marar, and Karban Pesach. So on the Karban Pesach you have to have Marar. How much Marar do you have to have? Not even not a shear. A matzah means you have to eat it together with matzah marar. I used to say jokingly, how much marar do you have to put on it? A little dab will do you. You just have to put on a a, a drop, a little bit of marar on the on the carbon pesach. However, today we eat marar without the carbon pesach because today we paskin there is a chiyuv de rabbana and there's a rabbinic obligation to eat the marar. So, the, we eat the Mara, we do eat a Kazayas today. We do have to eat a Kazayas. The Rush made a comment, which the Shagasai interpreted to mean that the real reason that we eat a Kazayas of Mara today is because we make a bracha, Asher Kitchen Misrosav, it's Zanual Achilas Mara. You can't make a bracha al Achilas Mara if you don't eat Mara. And since Achila is only a Kazayas, since eating must have a certain measure of kezayis. Therefore, you have to eat a kezayis of marar. And not because of the mitzvah of eating marar, not because of the obligation to eat marar, but because you make a bracha. Since you make a bracha, you have to eat. People have argued if this is really the interpretation of the rush. But Yerabbeinu Yerucham, now we have printed the sefer called Todos Adam V'chav of Rabbeinu Yerucham, who says almost more explicitly, he uses the words, Achakach notel marar, he says, when you eat the marar today, you have to eat a, you have to eat a kezayis. And he says the explanation, because when you said the bracha, you called it eating. Apparently, this is the exact interpretation of the Shagasaye who anticipated what we found in Rabbeinu Yerucham. And as I said before, there are many, many other examples of showing how the Shagasaye but with his own acumen, somehow understood automatically opinions which only later could be verified. The Shagasai wrote other Sfarim, which are not as famous as the Shagasai, but nevertheless they're very important. There's a Sefer on Mesechtos of Moed called the Turayevin, which of course is used extensively when you study those Mesechtas, Megillah and Chagiga. But another Sefer always interested me of the Shagasai. He wrote a Sefer called Gvurasari on Mesechas Tanis. Now, when I learned Tanis the first time, 
I sort of thought that this Masechta is almost completely Agadic in nature. There's very little halachic material. Then I heard that the Shagas Aye wrote a book about it. So I bought the Sefer because I was curious to see how you can take a Masechet like Tanis and write a real Lamdash Sefer about Masechet Tanis. Then I read the introduction to the Sefer and the Shagasai himself said the reason I wrote the Sefer is because I wanted to show that even Masechet Tanis, which does not seem to be a Lamdash Masechet, you, you see how much Lamdas there is in Masechet Tanis and I wanted to develop that Lamdas. So the Shagasai is really known for his classic Sefer Shagasai. His world-famous genius is shown not only in the Shagasai, but in the other Sfarim as well. Since the other Sfarim are done by Masechta, I said they are not as popular as the Shagasai, which was on general topics of Arachayim. These topics, as I said before, were used in Europe for Bar Mitzvah, as bar, for bar mitzvah preparation, and today they're well known whenever anybody's involved in the world of Arachayim, in the world of, of Yom Tov and Shabbos, the Shagasai is an indispensable safer. You've been listening to Rabbi Yamin Tavori discussing the Shagasai, whose yard site falls this week.